money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? Yes, I am. You're giving me a hard time off air, and now we're on air. I told I told Dan on the way in. Quick, Dan, hit the record button. <laughs> Reb's going, so <laughs> you are ready to talk oh, money. Oh, you better be nice. Anyway, yes. Okay, a little bit of housekeeping. So hold your horses. Today... We're talking to entrepreneurs, and I am going to preference this to say don't tune out because I know that I'm going to say almost every one of us has a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, But if you don't, you certainly know someone who does. And so you can maybe share the show with them, and the show can be found anywhere, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. Those ones have the, the, the show streaming, and of course on any of the podcasting platforms, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, um, all of those places. So a little bit of housekeeping. We are talking to entrepreneurs, and speaking of entrepreneurs, this show is sponsored by I love having sponsors who are my friends and who I I just love. So Fred Brogan is a financial advisor with uh, Empirical. I I knew I was going to stumble over. Empirical Financial in Kingston. And uh, Fred has been a financial advisor for 20 years. He's also a veteran. And so he does have a little bit of, or actually has a large heart for veterans and for the military. And he just loves giving uh, free advice and education around finances in, in so many different ways. So the price is right. And the man is amazing. He's a, a man of integrity. And just to give you a little heads up, um, he also has started in the last few years uh, just a little mission of his own to give veterans a place where they can go to just hang out and and just rest. And so it's called Veterans Rest. It's here just outside of Ottawa. It's a little cabin in the woods, really. Um, and uh, so Again, thank Fred for his generosity, both to the show, but also to the, the people that God has put real and passion on his heart. So that's our friend, Fred Brogan. And I will have his address uh, where you can find him in the show notes because I forgot to bring that with me today. So there you go. Yes. So Reb's going to start with scripture yes. and uh, I'm not, I'm going to step out of the way. We've got Bron Vasek <laughs> in here for more than enough. He's, he's our um, entrepreneurial coach and he and has a great passion to help business people in our country and cares uh, a lot and is a great advocate with CRA when there needs to be advocacy. So I'm just, you know, to, tooting your horn a little bit. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good morning. And, and the best part about you is that you, your love for Jesus just comes out of of your heart and your face, and we just love knowing you. So anyway, saying that, um, we're going to start a discussion in a minute, but I have used these verses here on the show before. I can't remember when. So here's Luke 6, 46 to 49, the English Standard Version. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not and not do what I tell you? Okay, we could talk about that verse right there for hours. Stop. But yes. <laughs> 
Anyway, Jesus is speaking. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. And I will say he's like an entrepreneur building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on the rock. And when a flood rises, the stream breaks against the house and can't shake it because it's been well built. But the one... Uh, who hears and does not do them is like a man who builds his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream breaks against it, immediately it falls and the ruin of the house is great. And um, I did throw in there that it doesn't say entrepreneur in the English Standard Version, but I had to throw that in there because here these guys are builders mm-hmm. and we help a lot of builders. Mm-hmm. A lot of There's a lot of entrepreneurial contractors out there mm-hmm. and um and I guess that's a great analogy and picture to throw out there for all of you who are in your trucks today, uh, listening to the show on your way to the work site. Would you build a house without a decent foundation? And Or even a decent plan. I mean, let's take a step backwards. <laughs> Before we dig the first hole, there, there's... There's permits to get, there's uh, plans to draw up, there's architects to visit, there's design people. I mean, there's a whole process before the first shovel goes in the ground. And the reason I like the passage in Luke is it has a significant, two significant words to me. And um, it is in uh, verse 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep. And laid the foundation. You know how do you how do you dig deep? Well, sometimes you have to dig deep through, you know, stuff that's not easy to dig through. Right. More prayer. Yeah. Just getting closer to God. Right. And and that is and he says that that's what we're like if we obey him. Mm-hmm. But we're talking today about how do you as an entrepreneur um, stay out of trouble? How do you actually? Braun used that term. Um, um, Financial decisions that put you by behind the eight ball as an entrepreneur, right? And you know, and what does that mean? If for those of if those people who don't play snooker, what's being behind the eight ball? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is snooker. That's the eight ball. Yes, but, right. I mean, essentially, the eight ball is the one you want to avoid until the <laughs> very end of the game, right? Right. You can hit it, but you you're, you kind of don't want to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless it's a st- strategic hit, uh, you're like okay. you, you run the risk of sinking it into one of the, the the pockets, and guess what? You lose. You lose. So there are obviously, if you came up with that phrase, there are decisions that entrepreneurs, in particular, make that put them behind the eight ball. Yeah. That and, c- and you can use any analogy you want, but that the, the one behind the eight ball or. Uh, that you're you, you've got a huge mountain to climb. Yes, right. You, yeah. You know, there's different analogies you can look at, but the, the reality of it is that so many, you know, it, the entrepreneurial world is just it's fraught with uh, issues, and so if you don't go into the uh, into this with planning, with the appropriate decision making uh, around what is it that I'm I'm doing in the business mm-hmm. and understand that there's a, uh, you know, that God has given you these gifts for your entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit. He wants you to use them in a wise way. He wants you to use them to create a sustainable business, a business that's going to be able to glorify God and what it does and contribute to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's... And, and the challenge that we have in today's world is that um, 
you, there's just so much marketing and there's mm-hmm. uh, there's so much uh, ego and things that go into place that, well, what does an entrepreneur look like in today's world? Well, mm-hmm. the biggest thing I see is that they, they, they make these emotional decisions on large assets, large asset purchases, whether it be a bigger house, a bigger truck, a bigger piece of equipment, and you know, have you know having this huge investment that people are willing to finance at they put it out there zero percent financing, mm-hmm. but you're paying for it for like ten years, mm-hmm. and it 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 just again puts the risk right front and center on cash flow, and then all of a sudden it's what it does is it it exasperates the problem because it. Uh, you, the entrepreneur gets into position where he's just working to support the cash flow, mm-hmm. and w- he, mm-hmm. he immediately sees that he's made commitments. He needs to do work that's worth three thousand dollars a month, or five thousand dollars a month, or ten thousand dollars a month, just to keep his cash flow in the business going to maintain all these asset purchases, and it. It, it it takes its toll because soon the entrepreneur is taking work that really isn't as profitable as it should be, but he's just exchanging four quarters for a dollar just to maintain the cash flow. And that becomes what you talked about in this passage, Rebecca, is mm-hmm. that it's not building on that strong foundation. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very poor business model when you're simply just taking work for the cash sake of cash flow to keep mm-hmm. to keep those monthly payments going. Okay, so that was a big mouthful. Yes. And there's like Tons ten of things that, that I'm like I'm like, <laughs> okay Brown, we gotta back up a little bit here and, and go, okay, you just said a ton of incredible things uh, in terms of the entrepreneur. I mean, the one thing that that uh, um, you know rings in my brain right off the, the get-go is is there are a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, but they're not entrepreneurs necessarily by choice. Um, you know, again, we live in a government town here in Ottawa, and and the government has decided that rather than hire you, we're going to contract to work. So you're doing the same job, but now all of a sudden you're an entrepreneur, and you have to incorporate. Uh, oh, and that's, and, that's and, the and, way they yeah. do it. And and so yeah. you go, wait a minute, you just um, can't be Joe. You have to be Joe. So if you are a co- if you're a co- on contract with the government, you have to be incorporated. Really? Yeah, and and I mean that's that's one example, but to to just recognize that that there is a a segment of the the entrepreneurial population that is there not necessarily because they want to be right, and so that that means that there's things that you have to do as an entrepreneur, and I think this is where I think we want to just focus a little bit to say. If you find yourself self-employed as an entrepreneur, whether it's a corporation or whether it's just a, a sole proprietorship or you're in a partnership, whether in a sense you are the owner of a business, whatever that business model looks like, then there are certain responsibilities, there are certain things that you should know. And from a financial standpoint, there are certain things that just 
need to be in place. On the personal side, we call that the four walls, right? So you need to, you know, have enough income to pay the mortgage payment, the heat, the hydro, you know, or if you're not a mortgage, it's rent. Uh, you know, you need to have enough income coming in to support your rent. If you need a car to get to work, then you need enough income to buy that car and then also maintain and put gas in it. So in, is in the, food in the four walls? Food is in the four. Yeah, I was just going to say, we can't forget food. food. Uh, you know, that's part. These are the things that are non-negotiables. We need a roof over our head. We need food in our belly. We need a transportation to be able to get to work so that we can generate more income. Um, those are the the essentials. And like I said, in the mm. personal side, we say the four walls. But what are the four walls for an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, I, I think that it, it can be, it can, those can be very similar uh, in terms of you need to uh, be able to keep, you know, you pay the cost of, of, of do, doing the business, mm -hmm. getting to, getting to work, um, having your infrastructure taken care of. And, um, and basically if you've got em any employees or anything like that, they need to, that needs to come into the equation. So. I think the, that there would be four walls. I'm, I, I haven't given that enough thought to mm -hmm. really say, hey, these are the four walls of mm -hmm. business. But um, ultimately, I think the biggest one would be just the cash flow. Like, mm -hmm. is there enough coming in to mm -hmm. support the commitments and the disbursements of going out, including the entrepreneur's own salary mm -hmm. and or the money that he needs to contribute to the family budget? Yeah. So again, just lots of stuff in there, right? So, you know, if you don't know what that break-even point is in your business, and again, uh, I'll use the, the term business loosely, but to say, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're a, a, a contractor for the government and, and there isn't any overhead and there aren't any employees and essentially I can yeah write off a few things in terms of car expenses or something, but the reality is, is I, I'm a contractor for the government. You still need to know, well, that means I my salary is one thing that would be a I need to know. Mm -hmm. My tax liability, is, which that's grows really important. every month, every time I get paid, it used to be the government of Canada, and I'm using that as the example, that used to be the government or my employer took that money and I never saw it. And they stuck it aside and they saved it or submitted it to, to CRA so that I didn't have to. But as an, as an entrepreneur, that's now my responsibility. So that's, you know, our liability to CRA, which grows every time you pay yourself. So every time you put money and you start saying, hey, this is my pay this week, um, include whatever you are going to pay CRA. Right. And I would say that that is, would be one of the walls, like your yeah. uh, third party mm -hmm. commitments uh, for tax. Like just sure. one of the walls would be the ta that tax wall because it, it's HST. It's the, it's that commit that, that portion that is going to go because nobody is withholding it. There right. is going to be tax on the money that you're taking or making. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever you want, however you want to call it, personal tax or corporate tax, it's going to be tax. Yes. And that there's going to be HST. And that is the one big item that people tend to forget about. So there, there definitely are in terms of, of your four walls and, and things that we need to absolutely be 
and be intentional with the cash flow that comes in, um, again, would, would be, you know, our tax liability, the amount we're going to pay ourselves, right? <laughs> you know, um, the, the HST, which is easy to calculate is 13%. So take 13% and stick it somewhere because that's not your money and you need to submit that whether mm-hmm. you submit it right away or not. And we talked about this the last time we did a show earlier on and, and said, Hey, there's certain things percentage wise. Yeah. And um, get into good habits of not relying on your ability to, um, keep that in a separate place that, you know, if you have the temptation to at all to use that, then just send it to the government. You, mm-hmm. There's That's a great idea. There's way, so many ways you can do that so that you can avoid the temptation because that's the one thing I see is that that, 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 that fund builds and people look at that and go, wow, yeah. That's ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars, and and I'll we be, and you have seen that, haven't you? Uh, you have that is not your emergency person, right? Which is yeah, that's I, kind of my think, my next thing in personal. We, I mean, we are huge proponents on the personal side to say. You need to have an emergency cushion. You need to have something in place so that when life happens, that you're not going to credit. So it's not costing you. As an entrepreneur, um, using your HST fund as your emergency cushion, <laughs> bad idea. Bad a, idea. Bad idea. Okay. So, yeah. so that. So, so can we go back for a minute? Just okay. So, so, so we're not behind the eight ball. We need to understand what the four walls are, right? Mm-hmm. And. And and not the four wall, but the, by yeah. and what we mean by four walls, the important basic things that that are going to keep the house up, the the digging yeah. deep things that are going to be you're building these walls from the foundation up. Right. You know what your expenses are and the basic things for wages, keeping the lights on, uh, for the facility you may rent, for the transportation, like all those same things that we are reflected in what Dave said. In our personal finances, that's what we're doing. And sometimes that means holding off on what um, Braun said at the beginning, making that emotional purchase. If you understand what's in the four walls, you have to ask yourself, is that truck or brand new backhoe or mm-hmm. whatever it would be or that $20,000 toolbox with tools in it? Yeah. You know, you need it for your work but is it have to be top of the line do you how, how is you have to ask that question of yourself and if you don't if you don't know the answer find someone find a, like a coach like Braun or or s- there's lots of people out there who you could ask like is this something that and maybe not ask your buddy you know <laughs> your buddy well, would be like yeah get the truck yeah that way I can borrow the backo <laughs> so I can borrow it right and we're <laughs> talking about guys but I mean there are a lot of female entrepreneurs out there too who are right. who uh-huh. consider like whatever their business is you know can the is is the investment going to pay off or is it just because it looks pretty well, and, and again, I think a little bit by nature and moving away from what we started with where you may be the reluctant entrepreneur, but entrepreneurs by reputation tend to, to like a little more risk. You know, they want to be in control of their, their time. They want to be in control. That's why you're an entrepreneur is, is because mm-hmm. you're like, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want a boss. I don't want somebody telling me what to do. I, I don't know if that's the definition of an entrepreneur, but in my mind, that certainly is a big part of the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who says, hey, I want to be my own boss and I want to, um, you know, 
take the the lumps and and the joys. And, and there and, are significant rewards that come with abs- that. Absolutely, right? right? There's lots of significant rewards, but at the same time, I guess from the perspective that we're just here to um, just create an awareness because we, we you know we we talk a lot at our office about financial awareness creates empowerment, uh, empowerment, yes. and I I think that that uh, that that. Those words are so important because we just continually see over and over and over that there isn't that level of financial awareness amongst uh, lots of entrepreneurs because they they only look at the bank account. They really just they run their business by what's in the bank and the ca- that cash flow number, mm-hmm. and they don't engage an appropriate bookkeeper or somebody to track Mm -hmm. their finances so they really don't know Mm -hmm. and uh, and then of course that there's a old adage that you don't know what you don't know and and if you don't know that may that creates a real problem when it comes to the those emotional decisions Mm -hmm. because they they aren't aware of some of the financial obligations like i'm always amazed when people um, look at their obligations and go oh, well yeah we have we have new insurance for the business and we've got this insurance we've got this other overhead and this payment and another payment and we have workers compensation and there's all these other little things that come along and they go wow that i have i haven't even I you know start open my business and I've got costs of two thousand dollars a month, yep. that kind of right. overhead. Yeah, and that's so. that can be shocking when you're not aware quite, and then right. you get the awareness. The one thing that I'm thinking of that's a heart issue is one that I encounter even um, in in doing more than enough is you work hard. And sometimes maybe your salary isn't as much as you would. I would like it to be, or You're whatever. Investing in the business. Yes, I'm investing in the business. <laughs> g- greed, but sometimes I think I just want to go out and have dinner. Mm-hmm. And even though it might be tighter month, and you're like, well, I deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. work hard. I deserve it. Yes. And that I'm just speaking from a, my own experience. That's a dangerous thought because. You may work hard and you may think you deserve it and I may think I deserve it. Sure, I work hard. But when we let that be the driving force, if we don't have the cash for it, you know, so yeah, I deserve a brand new truck because I I own my business and you want to look a certain way and come across a certain way. Sure, you want to be professional. Sure, you want to represent your business well. I get that. But when that little, tr- like that little thinking comes in, I deserve it. Well, it, it can lead you a lot of places financially that you will not like in the end. Right. So that's just my little. Well, and, and again, just circling back around to make sure that, that it's prioritized. You know, Bron, you, you said, you know, we need even before you start your entrepreneurial journey. And Michael Gerber talks about that in his book, um, um, The E-Myth. E-Myth. And, and he says, you know, these an entrepreneur has an entrepreneurial seizure he calls it <laughs> and, and and i love that language but that's a person who is kind of doing this thing and all of a sudden they have this seizure and they say i could be my own boss i could be an entrepreneur so they've been working for someone else doing something else and then they think 
oh, I could do this, right? And so he talks, again, maybe that's just a little plug for Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. It is a book that I read probably mm-hmm. once every two yeah, years. Yeah, it's an if, important read if you're an entrepreneur for sure. Yeah, I read that book at least once every two years just mm-hmm. to refresh because it's such a, a powerful book. But the going back to that idea of knowing what your overhead is, you know, in business, we call that overhead, but what is it going to take to keep the lights on, to keep the doors open, including your tax liability, including those purchases that you've made where you've leveraged um, your your assets? Maybe you've taken personal money and invested it into the business, and, and sure, it's a number on the paper, but wouldn't you like to see that Pay repayment back. come back? Yeah. And and from a tax perspective, that's certainly an efficient way to do it tax-wise and going, well, wait a minute. If if we never have enough cash flow to actually say, you know, our sales for, for our, our targeted sales for the month are $2,000 and then we look at our expenses and our basic overhead expenses are $2,500, you're going, well, that doesn't work, right? Um, and doesn't work. But for then very it long. comes back to what Braun loves to talk about, especially in 2019. I think that's your big thing you're going to share with everybody is awareness and mm-hmm. financial awareness creates empowerment. Right, Just right. because it, it's that's it, where it that starts. Financial awareness hopefully leads to what I call the sustainable business model. So that when you start to look at closely at what David was talking about, look at look at how do we how do you create a sustainable business model so it means do we really you know looking at what the revenue stream is identifying well how do you want to do business how do you want to manage your business because the other little fallacy and the myth is that bigger isn't always better mm-hmm. and i constantly see the entrepreneurial uh, trap of oh let's get bigger let's let's do this let's do that let's do that and so now all of a sudden the person is is trying to manage mm-hmm. so many different pots that it becomes impossible mm-hmm. and he starts delegating everything and he then starts to wear the hat hats that he's not any good at mm-hmm. right and ultimately it's what i call the entrepreneurial implosion he he burns himself out and he just implodes because he is not doing what he's gifted to do anymore because he's delegated those things. And it's one of those uh, just amazing uh, things that I see over and over and over. So create a business model that is going to work for you mm-hmm. and have that financial awareness that, okay, uh, this is this. I, I'm I'm contributing. I'm making the appropriate level of income for me, and I can. And I've got the infrastructure. I'm getting the financial information that I can make good decisions on, as opposed to just you know operating from the seat of your pants kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we're coming to the end of the show, but again, I just want to highlight something really important that you said because I, I think it's important. To, to 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 become financially aware early on like early, before early. before you jump into this entrepreneurial world and if you're in the, the the entrepreneurial world to pause and take a step and say wait a minute i i may have made decisions in the past but the the reality is is that if if what it's going to show is is to to sustain my family to sustain the business to pay the tax liability um 
and my my revenue stream my my ability to to create revenue it's not sustainable on paper. Right. Well, it's not sustainable in real life because we know there's a lot of life that doesn't get down on paper. Right. So there has to be positive margin, consistent, positive on paper mm-hmm. because you know that you're going to mess with it yes. with the, the emotional or the, 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 the stuff that Give just happens in the life. appropriate margin. Yeah. Right. And, and, we're going to end the the discussion right here because this moves into well, what is that appropriate margin? What is there a percentage and all of that stuff? We've only got a minute. Call the left. office, Bron. I'll help you. <laughs> okay, that's and my plug diff- for Bron. It's different for everyone, right? So let me pray, and we'll do that. So Lord, we just uh, we know um, that you have people and places and and yeah. things that you want to do, and you've gifted so many people, yes. and you certainly don't want money to be something that that overrides their their service of you, mm-hmm. even in this entrepreneurial world. Mm-hmm. And and so, Lord, we we thank you that you have given us the tools and the the expert advice through your word to 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 be great entrepreneurs. And so, Lord, that's my prayer for anyone that's listening, that they would just pray and receive the blessing that comes from you in being an entrepreneur. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we give you glory and honor in Christ's name. So thanks, Ron, for being with us. You're welcome. Amen. It's always great to have you. Reb? Yeah. Where do they find the show? Uh, morethanenough.ca or obviously chri.ca or on your podcast and we just want to thank again our friend and financial advisor friend Brogan from Empirical Financial in Kingston uh, who will love to help educate you on your financials that you already have in place so you can give him a call and I'll have his information in the show notes this week okay and join us next week when we talk money Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.